Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. This week, I am joined by a friend um, and a peer in the media community, Taylor Ringgold. Uh, good dude, reports on baseball. He has uh, a show, Pregame Now. He plugs his Twitter and everything you want at the end of the video, but I'm going to do it right now also. And it's going to be in the description of this podcast. So Taylor Ringgold on Twitter, go follow him. He's great. Um, and we have a awesome discussion, MLB trade deadline special, Juan Soto, uh, Eric Hosmer, possibly he said no. And then he got traded elsewhere. Teams are talking about, um, Glaber Torres now is Carlos Rodon going to get moved. Like we have a whole bunch of things that we get to and it's a really good episode. So be sure to stay tuned to listen. But for right now, real quick. Because the majority of the episode is going to be me and Taylor. But uh, real quick, we're going to do some housekeeping. And it has to do with the NFL. Specifically, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, also, Debo Samuel. So Debo Samuel gets a huge extension with the 49ers. Uh, as most of you can recall, there were some problems. Uh, he wanted an extension. They weren't giving it to him. But... They finally caved and they gave Debo a three-year extension worth up to $73.5 million. Uh, Debo wanted to be paid, you know, and I can't really blame him considering he is a good wide receiver who in that offense just keeps playing running back. We all know running backs don't last in the NFL. So the fact that this dude's career and longevity are possibly being shortened because of what they ask him to do, and he does it well. I don't blame him for wanting to get paid. Three-year extension, $73.5 million. Uh, I believe he got the same extension as DK Metcalf. So both of those guys getting paid, you can argue about if they're in the same tier. I would say they're kind of in the same tier. Debo Samuel is by far a better playmaker just because of what he can do in the backfield. but. DK Metcalf, I mean, he's a beast. I'm, I'm a bit, it's only a three-year extension, but I, I don't know with DK Metcalf because, you know, the offensive situation of the Seahawks is not good. Uh, they don't have a, a, a good starting quarterback anymore, and their offensive line still isn't great. They have a rookie running back probably with uh, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. He's going to shoulder, I would imagine, most of the load offensively as a running back so it's a lot of question marks for the Seahawks but we'll we'll see what happens I think they had to pay Debo they had to pay someone like they couldn't let him walk for nothing when it was time and they didn't want to trade him so they paid him that's fine uh he gets the same amount of money as Debo Samuel I think that's I think that's pretty pretty justified uh, it's not an outrageous amount of money either. So uh, either way, happy for both of those guys. Uh, they get paid. Now, the big news coming out of the NFL is the Miami Dolphins. Not for Tyreek Hill saying that, you know, they're going to be one of the best offenses in football. It's not for Tua, anything he did in training camp or anything. It is because the owner, Stephen Ross, lost his team a first and third round draft pick 
Shockingly, yes. There was a tampering probe investigation into the Miami Dolphins and Stephen Ross. Uh, they came to the conclusion that there were no games lost on purpose. Even though there is a quote apparently that Stephen Ross said verbatim, our draft position is more important than our record back in 2020. That, there were no games lost on purpose. That's what the, the NFL said at the end of their investigation. However, there were tampering allegations on Stephen Ross about trying to get Tom Brady to come down to Miami and play football for them once he retired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in March, whatever it was. And then he unretired like a month later. So, yeah, tampering with Brady when he was in retirement, I think still on a contract with the Bucs, maybe that's why. And then Sean Payton tampering, trying to get Sean Payton to come down and coach the Dolphins, which is also tampering because even though Sean Payton's retired, which I think that happened at the time, he's still under contract with the Saints. So both of those, I believe, are why they are considered tampering. Uh, although both guys were, I believe, retired at the time of this happening. Uh, they were still under contract with their teams. So that's why it's tampering. The NFL said, yes, sir, you did tamper with uh, Brady and Sean Payton. And they took away a 2023 first round draft pick from the Dolphins and a 2024 third round draft pick for the Dolphins. A first and a third for, as my friend Riley, who's a Dolphins fan, put it, Stephen Ross had one too many mojitos with, with Brady and Sean Payton, and they took away a first and third round pick. An insane punishment for tampering. Like, the NFL is such a joke when it comes to punishments to teams and to individual players. Steven Ross himself is also suspended through October for all types of, like, team activities. He can't set foot in the building, pretty much. He has to stay far, far away, locked up in his home, away from the Dolphins, can't have contact, can't do anything revolving around the Dolphins. Um, it is because in the same breath, Deshaun Watson was suspended six games for his sexual assault allegations. It's crazy. It, it, it really is insane because uh, you look at some of the past punishments, obviously Deflategate with Brady, they gave him four games. Ray Rice straight up knocked out his wife in the elevator cold, and people forget he only got two games for that. And then the Ravens released him. He never played another snap of football. But two games by the NFL, they gave him. And I think Kareem Hunt, for doing less, he got like six games, I believe. No, he was actually maybe on the commissioner's exempt list. Kareem Hunt. Uh, yeah, this is... Calvin Ridley bet on games, like on a FanDuel account. Games he was not even a part of. And he got suspended for the entire season. For gambling. Gambling, by the way, that the NFL and all these other leagues promote and make millions and millions and millions of dollars promoting. 
they suspended him for the year. But Deshaun Watson has 30 women accuse him of sexual assault, and he gets six games. Uh, it is questionable. Just very questionable. Because then you look at this punishment with the Dolphins for... And the Texans were involved with the Deshaun Watson stuff too. Like, they're culpable as well, and it's just... It's not a good situation at all. Uh, and now you look at this Dolphins situation, a first and a third. If we're talking like a fifth and a sixth, you know, even a fourth and a sixth, something like that, that's a little bit easier to stomach. But a first round draft pick in the NFL is so valuable, unless you're the Los Angeles Rams. Taking that, get, taking it, it's gone. Poof, doesn't exist anymore. And a third round pick, which is also very valuable in the NFL. You find a lot of diamonds in the third round. It's a, it's a good, it's an important round in the draft. That's gone too. That is insane. And I believe the Dolphins all owe, owe all of this to... Brian Flores, I believe this all connects back to him somehow with, you know, accusing uh, Miami of asking him to tank and all that. And that's where this investigation started. And now it ended with basically them saying, the NFL saying, well, they didn't tank games and lose on purpose, but we got to slap him on the wrist somehow because this Brian Flores situation isn't great and he's mad at us. So let's just, you know, we'll, we'll hit them hard with the tampering violations. That's brutal, man. I, I feel for Dolphins fans. Like, your ex-head coach just completely torched you on the way out. He's got to be laughing in, uh, in Pittsburgh, I think, right now, right? Isn't he the, he's an assistant coach on Pittsburgh now, Brian Flores? He must be delighted. Delighted. Got what he wanted. I imagine this is what he wanted. So. Good for Brian Flores, I guess. Uh, but that is the news around the NFL. The two things I wanted to cover real quick. Debo Samuel getting his contract extension and then the Dolphins losing two very important draft picks, a first and a third, when the NFL, uh, they concluded in their investigation into the, the franchise that Stephen Ross was tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. They lose two draft picks. Big news. That's, that's brutal, man. It really is. Uh, all right. Now, for the rest of the episode, me, or I should say myself and Taylor, will be breaking down the MLB trade deadline. Again, everything from Juan Soto to Ben Intendi with the and Frankie Montez with the Yankees. In addition to that, we also had some breaking news go on while we were recording. Uh, when we finished up, there were a couple hours left of free agency, so who knows what could still happen uh, by the time you're listening to this and what we covered and then what happened after that. But a lot of big things. So without further ado, here is Taylor Ringgold. All right, Taylor Ringgold joins me today for another episode of From My Point of View. We got a trade deadline special, Taylor. So uh, Taylor is a friend. 
we went to high school together. We're both on the grind, multimedia journalist grind. Like, you know, the, the future is uh, hopefully bright, but we were bonding a little before we started recording. Um, but Taylor, you're doing a bunch of stuff pregame now, right? You're doing uh, some gambling content. Yeah. Um, I know you work over at WFAN. So you're kind of, you're in the, you're in the thick of it. I saw you were covering the trade deadline earlier on Twitter. You had a nice little Twitter room going. Um, of course, the big news today, uh, Joey Gallo got traded to the Dodgers. So <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the big news. That's right, the big right, news. Right, right. That's the big one. Um, now Juan Soto, generational talent. Uh, as you can imagine on a trade deadline special, that's going to be the headline, but we're going to talk a lot about the Yankees as well. Um, but first, Juan Soto. So, generational talent. He's 23 years old. I mean, like the only other time I could possibly think of something like this happening. Not even like the magnitude of the actual package of the trade, but in terms of just Juan Soto's Miguel Cabrera back when the Marlins shipped him off to Detroit. Like that's in our lifetimes, at least. I can't remember anyone else being this young, this talented, and this successful being traded away from the team that drafted them. Yeah, you know what? I, when I was hosting that room, and thank you so much for having me on, by the way. Um, you know, we're boys. We, we're, like you said, we're grinding together. Uh, it's a long road. But anyway, your question. I originally, my example was, it wasn't a trade deadline trade, but it was an off-season trade. And I thought of it when it comes to, like, the magnitude of it. When A-Rod was traded over to, from Texas to New York, a-Rod was in the prime of his career, just came off an MVP, 27 years old, uh, first year in 04, was 28 years old, and had himself an incredible year, 36 home runs, 136 RBIs, but it wasn't easy for A-Rod that first year. Anyway, yeah, this uh, this is a absolutely monster trade. The last two and a half weeks or so have been absolutely insane because we've been seeing news about this for weeks. Where is he going to land? I yeah. made a video on – it's on everywhere, actually. It's Instagram, Twitter. and Yeah, plug your shit. Let's go. Plug it. Well, we'll plug it at the end. We'll plug it at the end. But the video was – I posted a video of my opinion on where Soto would land. And in the beginning, the number one targets were the, both New York teams. The Yankees and the Mets were in it. They were in it thick, too. I think the Mets were the ones that were a little in it you know, a little bit more. I thought the Mets yeah. would honestly land him. And I got a lot of flack for that because why would you trade an individual rival, your your best player since, you know, ever? And I understand that. But sometimes the prospects, when the prospects are in return, it's very hard to, you know, pass up on it. But that ended up not happening. They didn't want to trade away uh, it seemed like Alvarez, and yeah, Brad Beatty, and maybe Mauricio would have been one over there, and maybe a couple of major league guys. But now the trade today, Juan Soto and Josh Bell went from the Nationals to the Padres for Mackenzie Gore. I think it's uh, CJ Abrams, James Wood, and I, I think I thought saw the two guys. A couple other guys. I just pulled Robert Hassel the third. I guess he's yep. a is he a minor monster. leaguer? Mo yeah, monster minor leaguer. Kicking and Jarlin. Uh, Susanna, yeah. Susanna, yeah, he's the right-handed pitcher. The, I, I think he's the youngest one of the guys. And yeah. then, if you look at Passon's tweet, it says one more major league player, and that one <laughs> more major league player was Eric Hosmer. And yeah. for everyone that's listening, Eric Hosmer 
has a no trade clause in his long-term contract and 10 teams were listed on that no trade clause. And one of those teams was the Washington Nationals. I thought I that know. was hilarious. I really I, like, first of all, so it, it went through because Hosmer ended up saying no. And then he went to the Red Sox. I don't know if you saw that before you hopped on. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. But it was like so bizarre that they're just like, yeah, we're going to trade you Hosmer. And Hosmer's like, the hell you're not. I'm not going to the national. Like he doesn't go to a much better team with the Red Sox. They're like floating around 500 this year. But the trade itself to begin with was like very obscure because Hosmer's contract is massive. And yeah. I think I heard too, it was like backloaded. So he's getting more money towards the end of it than he is now. And the Nationals just like, if you're gutting it, why would you want an old, expensive, not particularly great baseball player in Eric Hosmer anymore. Like he's still very good defensively, but very sporadic now at, at this point in his career offensively. So it didn't really make much sense, uh, but doesn't matter anyway. He ended up saying no. I just thought it was hilarious that, you know, there was 10 teams that he had a no trade clause to and the Nationals were one of them, but there was nothing you can do there. Even if he says no and then sh- like tries to show up at the ballpark, like <laughs> they wouldn't let him in, you know, they would right. never and, let him and- in. What's interesting is I'm looking at his contract. It was an eight-year, $144 million deal signed in, it seemed like it was 2018, right? So 2019, yeah, so. he had a very good year in San Diego. And then ever since then, he's been kind of on the downfall. But so it is a little backloaded, and then it starts to subtract a little bit towards the end of it. So this year, he's making $20 million, And then for the next three years, he's making $13 million. I don't know how much the Padres are eating from that. I'm sure they're eating a little bit. I'm sure they're going to eat some, yeah. So, but there's, it's an interesting move because these prospects, man, for the Padres are the real deal. Mackenzie yeah. Gore has had himself a, 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 you know, a interesting rookie year. He's had some good, good starts, but he's also had some shaky ones. I think he's on the IL right now, but CJ Abrams, Kind of he's ready made. He's in. He's in it. Like, he's he's in it. Yeah, Mackenzie Gore and Abrams have already been playing in the major leagues, and they Mackenzie Gore and Abrams were top ten prospects, and I, I think James Woods. Yeah, I've heard good. Right the, James Woods was the one I haven't heard. You said um, that Robert Hassel, the third kid, was was really good. James Woods was the one that um, I saw a lot of people were talking about that he's supposed to be like yeah. a pretty mash. big deal. So you can mash, you can mash, and that's. It's tough. Look, for the teams that were involved in this trade, right, the, for the last th- two weeks, three weeks, there's been five teams. The Padres, the Cardinals, the Yankees, the Mets, and the Dodgers. All of them have something in common. They all have great farm systems. They yeah. all do. The Cardinals have Mason Wynn. They have, uh, what's his name, Jordan Walker and Matthew Libertor. They have a bunch of young kids, but they didn't want to give them up. It's very yeah, interesting. I don't the Cardinals didn't want to give up Dylan Carlson, who Carlson is switch hitting outfielder, who's played the few last few years in the majors, and he hasn't really panned out to being this amazing player. He's a good outfielder. I think he could be a Gold Glove outfielder one one day in his career. But I, I'm surprised they didn't pull the trigger. I think Jordan Walker was also a a huge factor. That kid can absolutely mash. The Dodgers have a ridiculous amount of prospects as well. The Dodgers just seem like they keep like sprouting up new kids that are going to be like, this kid's a beast, like trade him away for a star. It just seems it's an endless. 
like yeah. cycle. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. And there's a kid that I would assume would have been part of the deal. I didn't see any rumors about it, but just from my uh, experience and reading up on him and also playing it with him and that will be the show. Uh, Bobby Miller is a starting pitcher for the Dodgers in the farm system. He is a absolute weapon. Throws 98 to like 101. Throws absolute gas. Right-handed pitcher. He's going to be part of that future for the Dodgers, that seems like. Forget about pitcher, Dustin but... May, too. Dustin May. Right. And they have last year. He's coming back. And... All, these, all these different guys in the minors. And the Yankees have Dominguez, who's 19, supposed to be the future. And Volpe and Peraza, who I think Peraza could be in the up in the majors by September. And the Mets have the three guys I mentioned before, Mauricio, Beatty, and Alvarez. And Alvarez can be up by September, too. So there's a lot of yeah. prospects between those five teams. It's just a matter of what team wanted to deal with losing them. Yeah. You're trading. You're, you're mortgaging them, man. You, ha- you have to. You have right. to get rid of them because Soto, he's just command. Like, he's a – you don't even have to trade him, uh, pay him right now if you right. traded for him because he's still under contract for another two years and unrestricted. He's 25 years old. That's – you think now, if you pay him now – $500 million, you'll get him at a bargain because assuming he's healthy for the next two years and he's right. being productive, he hits the open market at 25. Like he might make even more than that. So I don't know what the Padres plan is. If they're going to resign him now, if they're going to wait a year or if they're going to wait all two years until he's an unrestricted free agent or, you know, try and pay him be- right before he's supposed to be an unrestricted free agent, whatever the thing is. Uh, I think it was worth it for them personally. I mean, Abrams is great. They, they got like young talent and that's just, it's not what they're, they have their young talent. You know, they have Fernando Tatis Jr. That's their guy. And Joe Musgrove's emerged as like an excellent starting pitcher. Machado's not old, but he's not young, but he, you know, he's still an MVP caliber player. At least this year he's been, um, and he's really been picking up the slack with Tatis out. But uh, now you just add, Soto and Tatis, like that's your core for the next decade. So they don't need Abrams or these other guys. And the Nationals, I don't like that's that's a good haul when it comes down to it. I think it's pretty clear that the Padres were just the team that were uh, they were willing to to risk it all. Like they they don't they didn't care about the prospects. The Yankees, the way they've been dealing, you know, they had a couple big trades, which we'll get to. But it just really seemed like Cashman and probably Steinbrenner weren't willing to part with those guys. And neither were the Mets. And I don't really blame the Mets either, even though Soto really would have just been like yeah. a crazy get for them. I think that interdivision trade certainly had uh, a factor in that, though, as well. And what's important is, and you alluded to before, that it's a two-year rental for Soto. And Josh Bell is a one-year rental. Josh Bell, half a I keep. Bell's, I didn't even mention that Josh Bell got traded. Yeah, like Josh that Bell on is, top of everything they gave is yeah, like such man. a nice little extra piece for sure. Bell is Bell is a switch-hitting power hitter. First baseman is going to take over that spot from Hosmer. And with, with Soto, though, whatever team he landed on, if it was one of those five teams, but we're talking about the Padres now, you have to win the World Series now. There is yeah. no excuse. You gave up four, nope, five of your best prospect, and you have to go get it right now. You have the players. Tatis will be back for, I mean, let's a couple weeks, back. I think. 
he was doing uh live bp and, and live drills and stuff and i think uh they still report he hit like a double and then a home run in his first two swings at like live bp or whatever so they're they're i think he should be back this month i would imagine it's just the you know and also what people are forgetting is they just got josh Hader too they just got josh Hader out of the blue they trade you know Lamette and a few other guys, which I, I really didn't really see who else went over that Brewers trade, but like that's a whole mystery. I, I don't understand. That was, what yeah, Hater that was very, was. very obscure. You don't really see, you his know, last first few weeks place before team. the deadline. His, his last few weeks, he struggled, but I don't, I mean, like the Brewers are, have Devin Williams, who's arguably that's the best changeup yeah, he's of nasty. all time. He's nasty, but Wizardry. you know what? It, yeah, it's it's a very interesting day, and there's a lot of things that have gone on the last few days, and you know, waiting to see what Wilson Contreras does. And I have my phone; all notifications are on for passing and yeah, and for uh, Rosenthal and Heyman. So those guys are all ready to go. But I wonder what happens with uh, the next, I guess, few hours or you know. Even yeah, more. if I'm, I think you mentioned Contreras. So I mean, you did mention Contreras, but I think with him. The Mets, you have you have to really. I feel like the Mets are the ones that really they need to go after him. Absolutely. I know they have Alvarez, and he's been great in the minor leagues. And I think most people would say that he at least deserves a shot to be in the MLB right now, given the Mets catcher shady catcher situation. If he's he hasn't, it's it's the beginning of August and he's not up yet. Like he hasn't even had a little bit of a taste. So I just really feel like their plan is to not bring him up right now and if that's the case then you have to go in and get a guy who's ready to contribute right away behind the plate defensively and offensively Wilson Contreras is that guy he fits everything the Nets the Mets need behind the plate I just have to imagine they got to be like blowing up the Cubs phone because I I don't know who else they would be interested in Mancini's gone he went to at the uh to Houston um obviously they lost out on Soto so I feel like he's got to be their number one guy right now. Yeah, looking at Alvarez's stats right now, he has dominated in Double A, and then he just got called up to Triple A, and he has struggled. He's batting one seventy three in, in about fifty two at bats, so it's sixteen games. He has struggled in Syracuse, but we all know the talents there. I, yeah. I think, I really think he'll be up by September, but people are looking at down the road that Alvarez defensively isn't the best as a catcher. You know, having 12 errors in 2021 last year isn't what you want. Uh, This year he has a total of seven errors. Uh, Errors happen, so I get it. But I think they look down the road for Alvarez to be more of a a DH role, Mm. which could be his fit. I mean, but the, the Mets are looking around I mean, boys, you're looking around and you're seeing all of the competition is getting guys. The Yankees have got their core four guys. The Padres did theirs. Dodgers are doing theirs. Uh, Astros and uh, there's other teams that are making moves. And there's three guys out there right now that could potentially land in Queens. I just don't – I don't think Ian Happ will be a man. I think Ian Happ is looking like a Dodger maybe. I, I don't know, maybe after the Gallo signing, maybe Ian Happ doesn't go. I think Ian Happ is extremely valuable, switch-hitting outfielder, yeah. all-star this year. He's had a great year. 
Um, he can play the infield. I don't think he hasn't played the infield in years. I just know he's a he's an outfielder. All he can play all outfield positions. Yeah, I. Uh, what do you think the chances are the Mets go after someone like Carlos Rodon? Because he's a guy that I've seen over the past week has really heated up. It's basically there's an injury bug concern with him. He has all intentions from the reports, I think, of opting out of his contract after this year. But should he get injured, which is what teams are worried about, he will obviously opt in to that contract and then play another year. So it seems, I think it was John Heyman I saw on Twitter said, he described it as like a poison pill situation with a team where it's like, you can trade for this guy and maybe not give up that much. but if you if he somehow gets injured on the back end of the season, he's going to opt in and you're going to be locked in for whatever he's owed. I think it's like $28 million or something like that. Like It's a pretty sizable contract. Um, so that, that was something I was just looking at because I have written down Carlos Rodon, is he going to get traded? Because he had a great outing. I mean, it was against the Cubs on Sunday Night Baseball was the last time he pitched. So take it with a grain of salt. But still, he had like double-digit strikeouts. He throws hard. He has, I think, the third highest K rate out of any starting pitcher in the uh, MLB. So he's very valuable. It's just that, that small injury concern that people, I think, are worried about. Well, I'll read you a tweet from John Heyman, who just tweeted about 15 minutes ago, saying Yankees checked in on Carlos Rodon, but it seems like it's a long shot. Rodon mm. is clearly out there, and he's been linked to – the Phillies and the Twins. Susan Slusser mentioned the Phillies, so I'm quoting, uh, giving her the credit there. But uh, yeah, I originally was talking a few like last night about Rondon. People were tweeting at me asking, like, is Rondon an actual option for the Yankees? I don't think so now. I thought so maybe after the Montas deal because I was on a high. I felt very excited. I am a Yankee <laughs> fan, but I I also I also cover the baseball, and I am a realist as well. If the Yankees stink, I will tell you they stink. Yes, um, some we have that common ground there. Yeah, there's not, not shy a lot about, of us out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not shy there's of being critical of them. Correct, and I think uh, I think at the point where I was really excited, like Montos was getting traded to the Yankees, and Ron Don's next. Give me everybody. Let's freaking go. Uh, but you have to understand that there's a lot of weighing on that trade, right? Rondon is worth a lot more than Frankie Montas, and we saw it point blank. I would, I'd say if the Yankees did something to this extent of trading for Carlos, you're going to be trading Oswald Peraza, and that is a big-name piece that I don't know mm-hmm. if the Yankees want to trade over because – Volpe and Peraza are the future. So is Dominguez, those three guys, and Austin Wells, who's a catcher. Those, these guys are the future of the Yankees. And there's a time where, like, hey, we gotta we gotta just pull the trigger, trade these prospects. We don't know if they're gonna pan out or not. We know the guys we're gonna get are gonna pan out. We know Soto's gonna pan out at 23 years old. We've already seen it. MVP candidate, World Series champ, monster. We know that. You don't know if Dominguez is going to be the next Soto. We don't know that. We don't know if Volpe is going to be the next Machado or the mm. next Tatis. We don't know that. But all we know from those guys is that those guys can absolutely rake and they can play great defense, and they're young too. 
but are you willing to do it? That's the big thing. And the Twins came out of nowhere this morning with a Jorge Lopez trade. I did not see that coming. Yeah. I, I've been saying Lopez is going to be a tr- get traded. I really thought so, even with how the Orioles have played. And, of course, you mentioned Mancini. But the Twins, uh, they, from, from my experience working for them, when they signed Lance Lynn out of nowhere and Logan Morrison, when Logan Morrison was a monster that the year prior, I think he had 40 home runs. He didn't turn out to be anything. And Lance Lynn was a pile of crap. He had a five ERA <laughs> with the Twins. I'm not a Lance Lynn fan. Neither I've am I. Voiced that on, I voiced <laughs> that on on numerous shows, which I'm, it's too it's too late for me to backtrack now. So I got to just own that. Um, but yeah, the Twins usually make these kind of wacky signings. You don't see them coming. Carl is like uh, Carl's Correa didn't see that one coming at all. Nobody yeah. saw that. And we could see Carlos for Don. Who knows? And the Twins need starting pitching more than anybody in that division. Let's be honest. They're they're good offensively, but pitching, they're struggling. And in terms of the Yankees, like I said, we're Yankees fans. I do preference the Mets and Yankees on the podcast just because, you know, New York media and all that stuff. The Yankees have managed Brian Cashman with all his critics out there about his lack of – you know, going out and, and getting that, that big guy. And last year, the moves he made didn't really pan out that well, especially with Joey Gallo obviously now leaving, uh, which I wish, nothing, I wish nothing but the best for Joey Gallo. Like, I really do feel bad for that guy. Like, he I, – I saw these – the quotes pulled from this interview he oh, did about how he, like, God. doesn't go out in Manhattan. And I'm like, oh, my God, this poor dude probably just gets, like, harassed by these – Ginzo, like big Gumby looking Yankee fans who I give us all bad reps and stuff. But yeah. it was, uh, I felt, I felt bad. I'm glad he's getting a, it doesn't really help that he's going to, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers as one big market to another big market. Um, but I hope, I hope he succeeds, man. I, I feel bad for him, but it, it was, you know, not, we got the, the Yankees got the 15th, it was a right-handed pitcher, I forget his name, but it was like the 15th ranked prospect in the Dodgers organization, which is pretty solid for someone like Joey Gallo. Where, and he's a like, rental too. He's yeah, a rental too. just a rental. So it's a good haul, good return. And then on top of that, obviously the big guys, Ben Intendi last week, kind of took his series with, against the Royals a little bit with a grain of salt. He wasn't great, but, you know, gets traded to a team that, you're on and you're now you have to go and play against them for four straight days. A little awkward situation. So I kind of just wrote that off, you know, Um, and he'll be, he'll be fine. He's a good contact hitter, gets on base. I love that move. Low, uh, low buy. Like the Yankees really did not give up anything of significant value for Andrew Benintendi. And he's pretty young too. Like there's a chance he sticks around, right? This isn't just a rental. Uh, I think, and I think especially Yankees with like Hicks and everything. Yeah. And then yeah. Frankie Montes is the big fish. Luis Castillo was the guy that they were eyeing. Didn't work out. I think there's some type of collusion going on with the Cincinnati Reds and Seattle Mariners because they went and traded uh, Winker and, and Eugenio Suarez during the offseason. And now they went and turned around and gave them Luis Castillo too. Just smells real fishy. That's all I'm saying. Um, there's a, there's a lot of relationships. Like, there's a lot of relationships like that in baseball. You see teams that consistently trade with each other all the time. You, we have, um, you know, we have the Yankees love trading with the Twins. Sometimes they like trading with, um, I think like the what are the teams the Yankees like trading with? 
I don't know. I'm trying to think. There's there is those weird collusion ish things that come upon. Um, so when it comes to the Yankees, they they did a great job, and Yankee fans should be very happy with what Cashman did. Cashman had his duties. He had his job. He needed to get an outfielder, a starting pitcher, and a reliever. That's what he needed to get. I think the shortstop position could have been filled. That would have been very nice, but they, you know, you can't get everything. But Bennett Tendy is a great pickup for a team who loves to hit home runs. They hit home runs and unfortunately strike out too. But the Yankees have DJ LeMayhew, who is a your pure contact hitter. He is going to get you the base hits when you need them. Great at bats. Bennett Tendy is the same way. I think Ben Attendee has 112, 113 hits this year, 14, yeah. 15 doubles, single hitter. He's a single hitter. I think he has three home runs. And this guy was a power hitter, hit 27 home runs, in his, I think his rookie year or second year with the Red Sox. Yeah. So he, I really liked him in Boston too. Yeah, I was very surprised that, that he, he went to Kansas City for that one year. But uh, Ben Attendee is just another great hitter that you can have in that top of the order. Uh, Frankie Montas, he is a workhorse, and he got 187 innings last year in, with Oakland. Don't look at his win-loss record and make to think that that's a crap year, 4-9 with a 3-1-8 ERA. The Oakland A's are the double-A A's. They can't They're horrible. hit. They're horrible Can't score runs. Anytime he pitches well, too, the, that bullpen doesn't hold a lead to save their lives. No, and it's speaking just of bullpen, tough. they added his teammate, Lou Trevino. And Trevino, mm-hmm. on the other hand, I was a little, a little skeptical on it because one and six, six four seven ERA, thirty two innings, forty five strikeouts. But I think he's let up a million runs in thirty two innings. I'm just, I'm a little, a little foggy with that. I know he throws hard. It's another bullpen arm. Bullpen's been battling with injuries. Michael King out for the year, so is Chad Green, and uh, Chapman is not the same. And Clay Holmes clearly hasn't been the same since the All-Star break, and Wandy's by himself. And then they have, you know, Luizaga and hopefully, you know, Abreu can pitching really well and see what Clark Schmidt can do for this team. So, yeah, those guys. And then I think one of the most important pieces was the Scott Efros trade from the Chicago Cubs. Efros has pitched very well this season in his rookie year. He is one and four, two six six ERA, and he's pitched in a lot of games. Forty seven games, forty four innings, fifty strikeouts. Has wipeout stuff with the slider and the sinker. Twenty eight years old, has control, and that's five more years of control. So that's important for mm-hmm. some reliability down the stretch the next few years or so. So the Yankees got Yankees are are an A plus in my book. They're yeah. they're an A, maybe not an A, maybe like an A minus because the Trevino thing's a little sus. Uh, and Yankee fans are pissed because they didn't get Castillo, and I'm I was pissed too. But it was either these two guys, it was Montos Castillo. That's who it was. It was yep. If you didn't get any of them, it's a big F. Right now the Mets are an F. You got your Vogelback and Michael Peraza aren't, and Tyler Naquin isn't gonna. It's not you pushing know, you over the edge. I, their no, biggest contribution is the place. fact that Degrom came back. Like that's that's there. That's that, the, in a way, that's no that's, small that's thing. But like, still, man, like you right. you're at this point without him. He comes back. Like I could see how you can point at that and be like, well, now we're way better. And yeah, you know, you get into the postseason, 
And DeGrom's only got, you know, a handful of innings under his belt. He's still in a groove. His arm's alive, but he's not like out in that wear and tear. You don't have to worry about innings pitched or whatever in the, po- the postseason, his workload, if he's getting tired. So that's a huge plus for them, but that's not enough. Like you need to go out there. You need to get someone that is ready to come in and, and fill a hole in your team because the, the team's not perfect. Like the offense has been spotty at yeah. times. Um, I give the pitching staff a lot of credit for how they've picked up the slack. Obviously having Max Scherzer there, like he's been every worth every penny that you're paying him, all yeah. 40 million. So uh, it's the bullpen can use, even if it's not like a, a starting position player, like a bullpen arm or something like that bullpen can use a little bit of a boost because Jolie Rodriguez isn't really a guy you can really send out there. Adam Ottavino, I don't, I trust him about as far as I, as fast as I can throw a ball. Like it's but not that hard. Though, man. Yeah. Now no, he's I, back I to being good apparently, but it's just like, yeah. he is, I, I can't, I can't trust him. I'm sorry. I, I'm like permanently scarred from what, I, the, what I I've seen that. him That's do why. as a Yankees. And, you know, looking at this last night, and I'm talking, I talk to my friends all the time, and they're big time Mets fans, and they're like, you know, what are we, you know, the Mets are brother, the Yankees, whatever. I get it all the time. Yeah, yeah but, of course. And I'm looking at the Mets roster last night. They're as complete as they can get, I think. You look at them, their lineup, their bench players, it is what you call a, a great relationship. Because there's guys on this team that are starters, and then there's guys on this team that are reserve players. And those reserve players know their role. Yeah. Which is like a, a Guillaume. Yeah, Guillaume. Yeah. Like I love Guillaume. He slides in and out. Sometimes Guillaume. he plays a little too long, and then you see him slump a little bit. But whenever he gets put in, he's like a bit of a spark plug, man. He's, he's a nice I, player. I agree. And, you know, guys like J.D. Davis, uh, I think a huge, is, is a – Big name as a name that needs to heat up to help this team. But, you know, looking at this roster, yes, they need a catcher, right? They definitely need one with Nito and Can and Mazika that's not getting the job done. You know, McCann's been down the IL a few times this year. But if you look at the roster, there are not a lot of power hitters, like feared hitters in the lineup. The Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Padres, even sometimes the Twins, you have feared hitters in that lineup that are going to rush you. Now, the Mets are a team where it's complete because they have timely hitting. If it's small ball, if it's single to the right side, if it's good situational hitting, they do that right. Yeah, McNeil's great at that. I would say top, top to bottom, the Mets' biggest strength for their lineup is the amount of pitches they make the opposing guy throw. It is, like, really incredible. Like, I I really – it's it's a special brand of baseball, but every single guy in that lineup works the count for the most part. Obviously, there are some duds every every, every other at-bat sometimes. That happens. It's baseball. But for the most part, like, I don't remember the last time I turned on a Mets game and, like, a pitcher wasn't throwing 20, 25, 30 pitches in an inning. Like, they really work the count, which kind of offsets the fact that outside of Alonzo and Lindor when he's hot, like you said, they don't really have, like, a blue and true power hitter that's going to be able to, like, if you make a mistake, it's leaving the yard. 
and they need one. They need, and it's easy for us to say like, oh, they need a player, they should get him. But it's true. They they need a JD Martinez. They need a Wilson Contreras. They need those type of guys that can really put some holes in other people's pitching staffs. Alonzo's going to break the RBI record for the Mets. The RBI record's 124 by Piazza and uh, David Wright. And he, in his first rookie season, was 120. Alonzo's at 86 RBIs right now, and we're on August 2nd. He's going to break that record. Yeah. But he can't be the only one doing that. You know, Lindor could hit 100 RBIs this year. But the guy, next guy closest to Lindor, who has 73 RBIs, is Starling Marte with 47. So... I know, you know, Marte's played great this year, and so has Escobar is starting to heat up a little bit. The average, though, is horrendous at 219, yeah. but you, you need some more thump. Starling Marte is the guy, top of the lineup. He's hitting over 300. He gets on base. He's a speed threat. Like, that's the guy that you want to be driven in, not driving in runs. He can't be third on your team in RBIs. Like, Lindor and Alonzo are really just doing all the heavy lifting in terms of driving in runs on this lineup. Right. So there, there needs to be stuff done. And I, and I am on the pulse. I am looking at all my tweets, and so are you. During this time, I see Tyler Malley just went to the Twins. I kind of like that. David Robertson traded from the Cubs to the Phillies. So that's a big L for – right, so the Mets are acquiring Darren Ruff from the Giants for J.D. Davis and prospects. So, look, we're breaking news on this episode. Whoa, right where's now. that one? I missed that one. I That's see the David Joel Robertson. Sherman. I'm looking at that. It's Joel, Joel. Sherman tweeted out the Mets one. See that. This is getting interesting. J.D. Uh, Davis, huh? as we mentioned him. Yeah. Darren Ruff from the Giants for J.D. Davis and prospects. All right. Well, that helps a little bit. Not, again, not, it's not really a game breaker. Like, Darren Ruff's good, but um, J.D. Davis... Uh, he was the odd man out there. He really, he had a, a tough, his yeah, splits I, are I just mentioned it. Yeah, I just astronomical, mentioned it. man. Davis should be, is a guy that needed to wake up and help this team. And I spoke too soon. He's now gone. And Darren Ruff is nothing special. That's a first base right fielder. I think he hits lefties pretty well. Um, I mean, he's batting Darren 216 Ruff. with 11 home runs. He's a minus half war. So like. 36 yeah. years yeah. old, 35, 36 years old. Like, he's not great. I, I'm honestly like looking at how we see seasons going, man. I, so yeah, Darren I Ruff can't tell you. Pitching. Yeah, Darren Ruff against left handed pitching, nine home runs, 24 RBIs, been 252 against righties, two home runs, 14 RBIs, a 191 average. It's like I just okay. mentioned, he's good against yeah. lefties. And I, and that's kind of it's him and Vogelbach are two guys that are going to be working back and forth. Vogelbach much. the righties. Yep. And now, now it looks like Ruff is going to get the lefties, but this isn't, these aren't the, the, the guys are, that not are the fish the you're going after. Yeah. Contreras is there. Contreras is hugging and kissing his teammates goodbye for a whole week. You're telling me he's not going to get dealt. He has to get dealt. He yeah. has to. Robertson's going. Ian Hap's going to go now. And, and now we're going to, you know, we're going to get fucking, you know, Contreras now. So, it's just a busy day, and this is what this is the the most fun during the season because the season's a long season. All star breaks mm-hmm. fun when it comes to you know the rivalry games is a good time, watching teams succeed, watching teams fail. But this time right now, before the before the postseason run in September and, and going into October, these this whole week has been a blast. I feel like the MLB trade deadline like 
I'm a little biased, of course, but I, I, I feel like it's probably the best trade deadline just because so many guys get moved. Like whether it's a big time star getting moved from like Juan Soto from a bad team to a right. contending team, or it's like these little like plug-in players that if you're a fan of your team, like that means something, you know, it's a, it's a lot. The NBA trade deadline's great. The NFL trade deadline, that shit doesn't really exist. Like, I don't care about no. no one's getting traded in the NFL. Like it's very, not, it's very, very quiet. But uh, with the MLB, it's like so many different guys are getting dealt. Um, I guess we can wrap up with just a little bit of the housekeeping around the rest of the league. We talked about the Mets. We talked about the Yankees. Um, we had some breaking news with the Mets, although, you know, it's not the news I'm sure Mets fans wanted to hear. They're probably waiting on Wilson Contreras and you got rough instead from the Giants. Um, oh, Radon's still I, up in the I, air. I have some breaking news though. Oh Part yeah. This, this is, this is just relates to you and I being Warmelo kids. So part of that Robertson trade is Ben Brown, who plays for oh. AA. He got traded over from the Phillies to the Cubs. Yeah, That's Cubs get John Heyman. Cubs get Ben Brown from Robert, for Robertson. Wow. Oh, look at him. Look at that. Sorry, I cut you off. I just saw that. No, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's, yeah, that's very relatable to us, us two, being that we are both War Melville <laughs> alum. That's an alumni. It's an alumni. Yeah, he, uh, I actually, it's funny that he got traded just now. I think I saw an article about him a couple weeks ago. He got uh, catapulted up to, he like broke the top 20, I think it was, in terms of Philly prospects. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Now he got dealt to the Cubs. So he's there. That's great. Um, That's great. Yeah, good for him, I guess, if he's happy to go to Chicago instead of Philly. I don't know if he's happy with it. But, you know, he made the headlines. He's on Twitter. <laughs> um. So in terms of the rest of the league, like the Astros get Trey Mancini. I think that's one that caught my eye just because the Astros have just like the Yankees, they're a top three record in baseball. Uh, they've had a bit of a weird end of July because they went and they swept the Mariners and then they got swept by Oakland of all teams. So they've kind of been a little up and down recently. Um, they get Trey Mancini. Mancini's good. I'm not sure how much that pushes them over the edge. Definitely makes them better. Uh, so that's one that caught my eye. Like the Rays went out and got David Peralta from the D-backs. I'm surprised the Rays were buyers. Uh, I guess weird. they're really trying. Weird. Yeah, I guess they're really trying to like sneak into that wild card spot. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I thought that one was very odd that they went out and bought that. Uh, Hosmer to the Red Sox, we mentioned. And you mentioned to me before Luke Voigt got dealt. Where is he? He's, in, he's on Washington now, right? In place of... Hosmer, who said, no, thank you. They got rid of Hosmer anyway. You're making a face. What happened? Sorry. Uh, I, as I'm <laughs> listening to you, there's now, uh, per Jack Curry, the Yankees have been having trade discussions with teams involved in Glaber Torres. So that means someone big would be coming back. What yeah. What's going that, on? That's from Jack Curry, too? That's crazy. Yeah. It says, yeah. It was Bronx Bombers news, officially over 6,500 followers, Yankees. Uh, hopefully that's true. Oh, I'm looking at that right now. I just saw it, yeah. I think, that's I mean, interesting. Yeah, I'm not even seeing anything. 
talk about it. I hope I that's think true. I hope, maybe, I, hope, I hope I'm not wrong. Is there, a, I think, you know what? Yes is probably doing a trade deadline special right now on maybe their channel. Talk, so he's probably talking, talking on TV because I just saw another tweet. This is a random ass person, but um, it's like Jack Curry just said that teams have uh, made inquiries on Glaber Torres. He also says that a trade of a Yankee relief pitcher might happen to make space for the pitchers they just acquired. That's just literally a random dude. Tom Smith, shout out Tom Smith. Um, mm. I mean, that's 3,800 followers, actually, maybe not totally random, but yeah, it's probably like a, a trade to deadline special that they're doing right now. This is what's if, happening, guys. This is a trade deadline episode right now. If, and, you know. if this is like, if Torres goes, so hypothetically, like, that's strictly because of Oswald Peraza getting called up. Like, it has to be. There is no other, like, replacement that you have for him there. You know? Yeah. He comes up, he plays shortstop. LeMahieu gets a permanent spot at second base. And that's pretty much the end of that. Like, I would imagine that's what's going through mm. their mind, or at least that's what they're entertaining. Although, Glaber, man, I, he's had a really good year, really, really good bounce-back year, because he was just horrendous last year. And... He really finally seems comfortable at second base. Like he's charging choppers and barehanding them and throwing over. Sometimes he really does remind me a little bit of Robbie Cano, the way he ranges to his right and makes that kind of like underhanded back turn with his back to first base kind of mm-hmm. toss. Um, so he's really looked a lot comfortable. I- I'd be surprised if the Yankees dealt him. But the fact that there are even whispers means – I feel like instead of rather the Yankees shopping him and seeing who they can get, there's probably teams picking up the phone and just being like, you know, what's, what's good with him? If, if, there's, if there's calls for Torres, I can't I think it's Chicago. Uh, I can't imagine Chicago maybe talking to them about Contreras because the Yankees have they have Jose Trevino, so they're fine with that. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it is Carlos Rodon. But but the but the Giants are looking to rebuild, keep rebuilding. So why would they want to go with? I mean, Torres is majorly ready. Um, you know, mm, this is very interesting. See, like this is the stuff you, we we like we try breaking down in the moment when you have things kind of popping up. You have two more hours of this, so yeah. Mets Darren Ruff is now official, or it seems like it's official. Yeah, that's, so not, says, that's not, you know, making any Met fans stand up and clap, no. you know? Phillies and Giants are progressing on a deal. We'll send star Carlos Rodon to Philly for Mickey Moniak, Logan Aja, Ohapa, and... Mickey Moniak's Ford. a bust. Lost. That kid could use a yeah. fresh start. Yeah, you could. Um, what a, sorry, what a name, bomb. too, Mickey Moniak. That is a baseball player name, if I've ever heard of one, is. and he just isn't good. It's tough. It's tough, um, tough, tough. It's the same thing. Like, that's a number one pick straight out of high school. And, like, baseball is just unforgiving, bro. You can be, like, a unanimous number one pick and just not play a single meaningful game of baseball ever. <laughs> it's, it's wild. It really is. That's why, you know, you look at some of these guys where you're like, oh, prospects, prospects, prospects. It's not always, like, a guarantee. You can – there like, there is a real chance. People have been raving about – just because I'm a Yankees fan, Jason Dominguez, since he was 16 years old, like, I, my heart dropped a little. I saw this dude play in the Futures game, and he dropped a fly ball in center field, just a casual, routine fly ball, hit right off the wrist. 
falls it falls to the ground. And I was like, oh no! Like they, they yeah. it's baseball, man. Shit happens. Like uh, there there are some chances where it's like top five, top ten doesn't matter. First round picks could look great, and it just never works out for you. So Mickey Moniak's one of those guys. So maybe he has a fresh start in San Francisco. No, I know he's gotten it, like it a. Tur- if that even turns out to be anything, you know. Yeah, exactly. That was even just that was just rumors. So it's. But the thing is, with that is, uh, you know, trading, trading prospects has been a problem for the Yankees because Cashman loves to hold on to these prospects, and almost half the time he holds on to these prospects for too long, and then they're not worth anything. And that is, that's a bummer because There's, like yeah. Like, Esteban Florio is a guy who's been a Yankee prospect for God knows how long, and I don't know what his value is anymore. His value gone. I I mean I I liked him. Like I really thought, given the fact there's moments, you know, like Aaron Hicks is just he drives me insane, and 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 given the Yankees outfield problems, like he was a guy that could just step in. He's young. Uh, he's a solid fielder. You know, the bat hopefully gets going. Like, why not just give him a shot? There, there are a couple times where you know, Miguel Andujar is a guy breaks my heart. Like, Andujar's value his rookie year with him and Glaber through the goddamn roof. Like, people like to forget there was a time Miguel Andujar was talking about being packaged up in a deal for someone like Jacob deGrom. Like, that was a real thing that happened. And I feel like people forget about that. But now he just kind of... You know, he requested a trade very nicely. It was very amicable. He was like, please trade me because, like, I can't keep doing – like, I'm ready to play in the MLB. He's proven he's, he's major league ready, and he keeps bouncing back and forth between AAA and the majors whenever an injury pops up, and then he just gets immediately sent back down. The kid must be kicking himself in the head. Like, it, it's – yeah. He's another guy. Like, what is his value anymore? You know, he keeps it's bouncing tough, back and forth. No one – like, you're not going to get much for him when he – his value three years ago was sky high. So it, it's things like that, like you mentioned with Cashman, who's like, well, what is he, what, is he going to trade him? Is he, are we going to wait? Like how old are these kids going to get until eventually it's like all their interest and value is gone and now you're kind of just stuck with them. It's whack. It is whack because there's moments where the Yankees could have done something and get something substantial. But they don't do it because they see something in these prospects, and and then it's too late. But what the Yankees have done is that they've uh, he, he, they traded away some prospects, but they didn't trade their best, and they still got a lot of the talent. And we might be seeing Peraza very soon uh, in the next coming weeks. So I would love to. Know. I I I mean, I hear good things about the kid, and I just. Uh, him and Volpe and those are guys like I'd rather see sooner rather than later. I think the Yankees have like the second oldest position players by like on average age wise in the MLB. Oh, right. Like they're pretty yeah. old. Uh, Hicks is like what 31, 32. Stanton's 32. Judge's 30. Rizzo's early 30s. Donaldson's like 37, 36. LeMahieu is shockingly old. He's like 34. Uh, yeah. So they, I think they, really it's um, like Hicks, Rizzo. Rizzo's 32, but Hicks, Rizzo, LeMayu, Donaldson shoots him up because he's old. But uh, the Yankees defensively, people have been ripping on Donaldson, but the Yankees defensively have been good at third base. IKF needs to go somewhere else, though. 
that's, that's the, the guy why. though that's 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 the guy like that's the like where is peraza that that's the big question right that's right the, that's that's gonna be the deciding factor if they're gonna bring up peraza or not and see what they're gonna do next so there's a lot of moving pieces there's got a couple more hours left it's getting interesting uh padres officially made the trade it's it's on twitter account they just tweeted it out the soto mm-hmm. trade is now official Billy's making moves. The Twins are making moves. Teams that are trying to contend or in first place are here, and they're ready to make moves. And we've got two more hours left of this, so I'm going to be glued to my screens here. Yeah, I'm interested. I think the Brewers are a team that really interests me because you trade someone like Josh Hader when you're in first place. Like, What other moves are you going to make to try and bolster your right. lead in that central division with the Cardinals sniffing on you? And you know they're trying to make moves too, so... All right. Like you said, two more hours of this, but we're going to cut it here. Uh, Taylor, thank you, bro, for joining me. It was awesome talking to you about this. Uh, plug your stuff, please. Instagram, Twitter, okay. where you're at, everything. Please give it to me. Well, th- thank you for having me on. Uh, it's been a long time coming. You're one of the... Oh, yeah. We've been, we've been friends for quite some time now, and um, I guess I'll plug my stuff. So you can follow me on Twitter. Just type my name, Taylor Ringgold, T-A-Y. L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. That's the same thing for TikTok, I'm pretty sure. Instagram is Taylor underscore Ringgold. And my website is TaylorRingold.com. It's a bunch of my content, social media, all that kind of stuff's there. Uh, plugging away, man. We'll keep plugging away. So thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. All right. Once again, thank you to Taylor for joining me on the pod. It was a real fun episode that we had. Um, Again, all his links to his socials will be in the description of this podcast. Uh, So that will do it for this episode of From My Point of View. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you as always. MLB trade deadline, always one of the funnest times of the year. Uh, So that'll do it for this week. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you all next week. Wednesday.